Bang for the buck. Best practice. Core competency. Due diligence. Drill down. Leverage. Lean into. These are all examples of jargon that we hear every day. And how many of you are like me and are getting kind of tired of it? The other one that I thought of is ROI. For some, ROI stands for return on investment. If you work in healthcare, ROI stands for release of information. But it also stands for return on investment if you work in some aspects of healthcare too. So how do you know which one are they talking about? You have to look at the rest of the context of the communication, I guess. It's frustrating. And that's why I want to talk to you today about how frequently we are using jargon in our day-to-day communications. Successful brands are rooted in purpose and driven by the potential to make a positive impact on their customers. Welcome to The Pursuit of Purpose with Amy Austin. Each week, Amy brings you practical advice to embrace the power of purpose in all aspects of your business and transform it into the central storyline for your branding and marketing strategies. During the class I'm teaching, we were getting started with understanding the basics of medical terminology. In the course materials, there was a statement saying that most medical terms were developed as a means of being more economical with the use of words, meaning let's use fewer words to get our meaning across. The example it gave was osteoarthritis. One medical term is the equivalent of six English language words, inflammation of the bone and joint. Osteo means bone, arthur means joint, and itis at the end means inflammation. For someone who works in the healthcare industry, they likely know the meaning of the word. So being economical with your word choice is appropriate. But if you're talking to someone who doesn't work in healthcare, they likely have no idea what this means, but you are making an assumption that they do. As we talked about roots, prefixes, suffixes, and connecting vowels, my mind started to wander to the use of jargon or industry speak in our day-to-day lives. I know I have fallen into the habit of using it, only to find out later that someone I've spoken to may not have understood what I meant. In order to truly understand the pros and cons of its use, we need an agreed-upon definition of what jargon is. According to a recent Harvard Business Review article, jargon refers to terms, expressions, or acronyms that are specific to a particular industry or professional group. Each industry has its own jargon and it's used in place of more easily understood, less professional alternatives. Specific words can be a passing fad or change seasonally, such as cutting edge, which became bleeding edge after thinking out of the box became a cliche. Jargon can include metaphors, figures of speech, acronyms, or repurposed terms. So how does jargon work against us? Well, for one thing, it can make you untrustworthy. New York University tested the effect of jargon on an audience's response. They asked the participants to read two different sentences. One was clear and concise, and the other used more complex terms and what would be considered jargon. After reading the two sentences, each person was asked to rate which statement was more accurate. The majority preferred the concise sentence. Why? 
because they could picture the ideas more vividly than in the complex sentence. If you don't want to be viewed as trying to pull a fast one on your clients, be clear and specific in the words you use and skip the jargon. Jargon can also isolate potential clients. Think about a time when you've explained what you do for a living to a family member who doesn't work in the same industry. If you use industry terms, have they understood what you do? Probably not. I've experienced this. When I first started working in healthcare marketing, I had a number of people ask me if I was promoting people getting sick. At the time, marketing was clearly viewed as advertising and promotions of services. And when do people go to the hospital? When they are sick. So that is what they thought I did. If you explain what you do in terms that someone outside of your industry understands, how about trying the same thing when you are selling what you do to a prospective client? You can't expect them to know all of your industry speak. And if they don't, the research I just mentioned from New York University tells us if a person cannot visualize the meaning easily, they are less likely to find it believable. And you are more likely to make them feel as though you are talking over them. And what about the impact that jargon has on search traffic? Also negative. Here is an example shared in an article on CopyPress. The term sales tax recovery and sales tax refund mean essentially the same thing. Sales tax recovery is the proper term, but the majority of people will search for sales tax refund. Changing this one word is the difference between 170 monthly searches and 5,400 monthly searches. This also speaks to the importance of knowing your audience. If you are speaking to a group of accountants and want your articles to be resources for accountants, then using the proper industry term is appropriate. However, if your audience is small business owners who are looking for information about sales tax and specifically about getting a refund, they likely aren't going to know that the proper term for this is recovery rather than refund. So they are going to search for sales tax refund. Another point the Harvard Business Review article makes is that the frequent use of jargon can be tied back to self-confidence or the desire to elevate the perceived status of the individual using the terms. Research has shown that status brings influence, material benefits, and psychological well-being to those who have it, whereas lacking status leaves one vulnerable to misfortune. Building on this idea, they did a series of studies and confirmed that jargon sometimes functions similarly to a fancy title or an expensive brand of watch. People use jargon to signal status and show off to others. One study involved a group of MBA students. The students were asked to imagine that they were in a pitch competition trying to get venture capital funding. They were given a choice between two pitches to describe their company. One was filled with business jargon and the other used more concise language. The MBA students were then told they were competing against successful MBA alumni other MBAs, or undergraduates. The alumni put them in a lower status condition. The current MBA students kept them on an even playing field, and they were on a slightly higher status than the undergraduates. The students overwhelmingly picked the high jargon pitch when they were in the lower status condition. 
but there are some advantages to using jargon. Jargon can build community. If you are in New York City, it's called the subway. In London, it is the tube. And in Boston, it is the T. When you are part of the community, you use the common language spoken there. When I was traveling to the New York City area frequently a few years ago, I was talking to a friend about my recent trip and said that I had gone into the city. She chuckled and said I had been going often enough that I was now starting to call it what the locals do, the city, rather than New York City. The use of jargon relevant to a particular location, industry, or demographics shows that you are familiar with it. Colleen Glennie Boggs summed it up this way in her article titled In Defense of Jargon. Jargon condenses the meaning and allows us to share information effectively. It is deeply meaningful to the people who use it. And jargon can aid rather than hinder the expression of a meaning and the language itself. This quote reminds me of the statement from the medical terminology textbook. It is about the economical use of words. Using jargon aligned with a specific industry is a way of saying, I belong here. It can show you are capable of discussing and understanding the complex ideas involved with the industry and can have a deeper conversation with someone from inside the industry. When you catch yourself using jargon, think about the context you'll be presenting the information. If you need credibility and formality, jargon may be beneficial. Used correctly, jargon can reinforce your expertise in your industry. However, if you need understanding and engagement from a broad audience, relying on jargon to make your point may not deliver the impact you need. You'd likely need to provide more definition around the concepts than if you just explained them in plain language to begin with. Ask yourself, is there a simpler way to convey my message? And think about your audience. Will your message be understood to someone outside of your industry? Follow Warren Buffett's lead. He frequently tells his team he communicates so as to be understood by his two sisters, who are not active in business. Model the communication style you want to happen throughout your organization. If you want to reduce the dependence on jargon, then the leadership needs to reduce the use of it as well. Take a look at your onboarding and orientation process. If there is too much jargon included in your training, your team is going to use those terms. Let's go back to the medical terminology reference that I made to begin with. What is Numano Ultra Microscopic Silico Volcano Coniosis? This is the longest medical term in the medical dictionary. It is 45 letters long. But what the heck does it mean? It is an abnormal condition of the lung brought on as a result of extremely small pertaining to the visual examination of ash and silicate dust. And it is more commonly known as silicosis. My challenge for you this week is to think about how do you use terms from your industry in your everyday speak? Can you reduce those? Can you come up with a simpler word choice to help deliver the message that you want to get across? And if you can't, can you provide a quick reference point for your listeners to understand what it is that you're saying? 
Jargon is not always a, a bad thing. I just think that we are getting so dependent on shortening words, on creating alternative meanings for words that mean something different to the wider swath of our population. I don't know. Think about it. And let me know if you come up with some jargon words that you can eliminate out of your day-to-day speech. Hey, it's Amy. Does this episode have you wondering if you know your brand as well as you could? Maybe you're thinking, how can I have more clarity around my business purpose and its mission, vision, and values? Or what drives my brand personality and how does that impact my business? First, I want you to know you are not alone. I see this a lot. It is easy to jump headfirst into developing marketing tactics, thinking you can just figure out the rest as you go. But there comes a time when you need to hit that pause button and get really clear on what your brand stands for and how you make your target audience the central character in your brand story. If you're thinking, this sounds so familiar, then you and I should have a chat about clearly defining your brand and story. Just head over to amyaustinmarketing.com and send me a note. I hope to speak with you soon. This has been the Pursuit of Purpose podcast presented by Austin Marketing. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast player. Head over to amyaustinmarketing.com for links and resources mentioned in today's show, as well as ways to subscribe and connect with Amy. Thanks for listening.